was D Hodge, but you guys already knew that. <sighs> Here, a um, little update on the coronavirus and the the, the um, lockdown situation. Here, they have lifted the lockdown no longer under um, stay-at-home orders. It is now to where the non-essential businesses can open up, but they can only open up for curbside assistance and pickups. So I think that's cool in a way because now the non-essential businesses don't have to um, they don't have to wait a whole another month or weeks or however long it is to find out if they're going to be able to make it and so as bad as I still think we need to stay in I'm kind of glad as well that they have lifted this thing. Um, they have lifted this thing up on us. So, real quick, if you haven't followed the podcast, go follow it on Instagram at the Hodgepodge Podcast. You can go follow me as well at I am Mr. Don Hodge over on Instagram. You know I have to do it. If you like what you're listening to, hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Give me a five-star review. Maybe even a lot of re- write a little review. I'm going to get it out one day. Write a little review, and that makes us rise on the podcasting charts, and it gets us bigger and better. So if you want to see me succeed, then do that. If not, well, then continue what you're doing and, 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 and just listen. Also, if you're listening on iHeartRadio and Spotify and Google Play and all those other podcasting places that were on Stitcher or stuff like that, just follow, hit the follow button, and then if it asks for stars, just give me a five-star review. Or if you don't think I'm worth a five-star review, give me a three-star. Even give me a four-star. Whatever you think. Um, all reviews, even, uh, even negative, are taken in a positive light because the negative ones help me figure out what I need to do differently. So here is a new segment on the podcast. Um, it's an odd one to do it on because we're doing it, it, the, the guest is a wrestler today, but I'm going to stay true to my roots. And we're now going to start with, like I said, I was going to skip a week, but this is my podcast. I can do what I want. Even though we got a wrestler on, we're going to be talking about music right here in this new segment. Top three country songs right now. Number three is Ingrid Andrus, More Hearts Than Mine. Here is a clip of that. If I bring you home to mama, I guess I better warn ya. She falls in love a little faster than I do. And my dad will check your tires, pour your whiskey over ice and take your By the way, these are last week's, so this would be Monday, April 27th. We will always be a week behind since these come out on Monday, and so do the um, airplay charts. So number two is Morgan Wallen chasing you, the jam right here. What I doing then? Chasing you like a shot of whiskey. Number one on the charts, I'm going to get it playing here as I talk. 
This is this guy's 27th number one hit, Blake Shelton, and Gwen Stefani's very first number one country single. It is Nobody But You. This is probably my favorite song on the radio right now, and one of my favorite Blake Shelton songs to date. So here's a clip of this, and we're going to get into a couple more like pop and stuff like that. So here is a little clip of Nobody But You today's number one hit. Sliding over to the pop genre here, it is number three on the charts, Doja Cat with Say So. I don't believe I've ever heard this song before, but I'm going to right now. And number two is Camila Cabello featuring the baby with the jam of my oh my. He comes alive at midnight. My mama doesn't trust him. He's only here for one thing, but Number one for the third week in a row is The Weekend with Blinding Lights. And that does it for this segment. Right after this, we're going to go straight to the introduction for the podcast right after this. Hey, this is Rob Snyder, writer of Luke Combs' She Got the Best of Me, and you are listening to the HodgePodge Podcast. All right. On the podcast today, we got a wrestler back on. It's been a long time since we've had a wrestler. So one of my new independent favorites, his name is Blake Grayson. This guy is the king of suplexes. He talks about his stable, the Midnight Society. He's also talking about his new YouTube channel, uh, having 198 subscribers, which is pretty good for a gamer and a reactor. He talks about being a DC and Marvel fan. I prefer Marvel. You're going to find out which one he prefers more. He talks about being injured. Takes me through his injury process and the surgery process and how he's healing up. And he talks about at a very young age starting to watch wrestling and that being it for him. So he also talks about being in lineup with the Young Bucks and Scorpio Sky, and we give our favorite wrestlers and our favorite matches of all time. Just a cool little great podcast, little time killer here to learn more about Blake Grayson. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. If you don't know it, I will put it in the description box of this podcast so you will know. You can go follow him on Instagram at b.grayson. That will also be in the description box below. And without further ado, let's go over right now to my good bud. Blake Grayson. Grayson, what's going on, my dude? What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. How about you? Doing good, man. I'm doing good. Well, that's great to hear, and it's also great to have you on the show today. I'm really looking forward to it. Been wanting to get you on for a while. I know the uh, scheduling conflicts have gotten in the way a few times, but good we got you on now. Yeah, man. I'm excited to do it, man. So, 
you're injured now. I want to start there. You're injured now. What were you? Did you get injured wrestling, or did you just injure yourself in daily life? Ah, uh, uh, I got hernia. So okay. Uh, I'm assuming from heavy lifting, weightlifting, and possibly wrestling. I'm I'm gonna blame it on the weightlifting. <laughs> to, to be honest about it, but uh, I'm out for about another two months, and then I would be clear. So I should be good by May. Okay. And so, how does this work with um, independent wrestling? Like, I know you're not signed with anyone, but like, if you're injured, like, are you? I don't know if you're. I know you're never guaranteed for for a job being independent, but if you're injured, are you guaranteed that way? No, no. Um, I mean, I still have all my connections to all my shows. I just, um, I informed them, you know, once the situation happened and. Um, all the bookers understood the situation and they just wanted me to call them after surgery so they could get the right time when they want me to come back to the ring. And also, and I'm also feeling good about it, knowing that I'm 100%. I don't want to really brush it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm taking my time with this. But um, I'm shooting for April. So, um, and is the feeling. Are you anxious? Like, like, are you more anxious at the thought of going back and doing what you love, or is it anxious of, okay, am I going back too soon, too early because of this hernia? Because, man, hernias can kill you, dude. Right. So, no, I'm, I'm definitely anxious just to get back in the ring. This is something I've been doing professional wrestling for almost 10 years now. Okay. And, uh... I've been obsessed with this since I was four years old. So I definitely want to get back in the ring. It sucks just being at home, um, not doing anything because I can't really do anything. Like, I get, like I, maybe next week I, can start, I might be able to start hiking and, and do light jogging. So it's definitely a grind. It's, it's mainly just mental. Um, yeah. I also don't want to rush it, like, we, like I already just said. Um, it's, it's, right now it's just mind games, but I'm watching wrestling, watching what everybody's doing, my Philip is, and just uh, wanting to get in there, man. It's a lot of it's exciting times for wrestling. Yeah, I remember um, maybe a year and a half ago, I was, uh, well, since like third grade, I've been having like stomach issues and never and could never figure out what it was. And people would say, you know, it's irritable bowel syndrome, you know, you um, what sensitive stomach, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. But about a year and a half ago, we figured out it was actually a gallbladder that like 2% of my gallbladder was working. And so they said it was just going to eat at itself. So I had to take it out. And man, I can, the the pain wasn't as bad as they say it is, but it it, it was painful enough to know it's there. So I can't imagine what a hernia would do. Yeah, I actually had no idea about the hernia until, ironically enough, January 1st. Um, I actually had a cold that day, had a cold the past couple of days, but for some reason on January 1st, I was really coughing hard, and then the top of my pelvis, something kept bulging out every time I coughed, and it flexed up. Oh. <laughs> and then I was looking at my lips in the mirror when I coughed, and I could like, see it, like, punching out where it's supposed to be, and I could push it back in. Yeah. That was, like, that's the problem. So... I went straight to the hospital and the doctor's like, you yeah, you have a hernia. Um, it, it will require surgery. As soon as he said that, I immediately thought, how long am I out of the ring? <laughs> so, yeah, and the, the, the gallbladder is hurting up there. They're no joke at all. Well, I, the reason I brought that up was I can remember the first time when the doctor was like, okay, you're released but you need to take it easy. You know, he was like, you're released, but don't think you're going to go back to doing, you know, hard work labor like you used to be doing. It's going to take at least six or seven, maybe to eight months for you actually can get back to doing exactly what you want to do. And I can remember the first time, you know, you're released. So you're thinking, oh man, I can do whatever I want to. And I remember picking up a wheelbarrow and it was full of dirt. And I remember picking it up and just like the just like the sting was just made your whole body vibrate. It was just so painful. <laughs> so it was like, oh yeah, yeah. It it, it it was rough. So with the hernia, because I know some people that have hernias and they look like the size of a softball or a golf ball. Was yours that way, or was it just it wasn't one of those? 
Yeah, mine, mine was actually have all the pictures that are pretty gnarly from the surgery. Um, but mine, I believe, was around the size of a golf ball. I'm not going to say a soft ball. It wasn't that serious because I happened to get to it at the right time. But mm. it was around a golf ball, to be perfectly honest. So it was uh, definitely weird for me because I work out all the time. I mean, like, actually, I, I think I take care of my body. I like to think I take care of my body for the most part, definitely. So hearing that, and I haven't been injured at all in a wrestling ring, knock on wood. Um, mm. So the hernia was really, uh, was really random for me, really random. But I'm taking care of it. I'm taking it day by day, step by step. I'm not rushing it. <laughs> but it's, yeah, you know, a little frustration, especially with all the the shows I to put on pause. So what do you do? Like, is wrestling your full job, or do you have another job besides wrestling? Well, no, I also do. Um, I also work with uh, disabled kids, um, oh. and uh, my work at an Air Force base, and our job is to clean out the classrooms in, like, one of the elementary schools, like, there's, like, multiple classrooms, and, mm. and I work with them, and I help them with that, and that's Monday through Friday. I'm actually not even able to do that at the moment, but wrestling is my job on the weekend, but that's my main goal. It's always been professional wrestling, yeah. and um, so... Yeah, don't want to get too personal, but you're you're off, man. Like you can't do anything. How are you? Uh, you got enough saved to to you know at least till May. Yeah, no. Well, I also I also live with my I'm also my girlfriend. She's um she's been a rock definitely the whole thing. She's been helping me out with literally everything. She's been um a wonder. <laughs> she, she's truly at my back on that. So I'm I'm good. You, that no, you know, you, you're thinking, knowing that you have no idea what this is, you're gonna say, I'm gonna get back into the ring, <laughs> you know, right? Right, right. But th- that, that kind of that, that kind of reminds me of the, the of the actual, you know, wrestling, non wrestling love story. Like, you know, you, you guys can have that, like Hulk Hogan, you know, Linda didn't know anything about wrestling, she just knew that he was a wrestler, didn't know what that meant. And it's kind of like the same thing for you, but but you learn to love the business throughout what your partner does. And, you know, it would be the same for you. Like, if you didn't know what wrestling was and she, and she was a, you know, she was a female wrestler, you would you would still respect that for what it is. Exactly. And that's what I find so fascinating. Well, not really about wrestling, but, but about life. Like, you can find someone and really care for them that much that you're just like, I don't know nothing about this, but I know that you're good at it and that you're going to get, but you're going to, you love it so much that you're going to put yourself in better, way better shape than where you were before before you were injured, you know, to get back in there. S- same thing with right. life, you know. Right. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you couldn't have said it better. <laughs> so take me back four years old, watched wrestling for the first time. Do you remember what match it was? Do you remember where you were at? Yeah, it was uh, an episode of Monday Night Raw. I believe it was with the Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, you know what? Actually, scratch that. Okay. It was actually an older VHS tape. My uncle, who was obsessed with wrestling, was showing me. He would always call me upstairs, like, at the time when he was living with us, to show me a, a thousand, a thousand of wrestling tapes. And he had everything from Bruce the Bone Beefcake to George the Animal Steel and the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I just thought the Macho Man was so. Cool. From a flying elbow, I was doing that from my bed on my pillow, and um, <laughs> just completely obsessed with this world of professional wrestling. And actually, it actually helped me out a lot growing up, especially after my grandma passed away. I, I really didn't talk to anybody. Um, it was a it was a rough time for me. I think it was like a, a lot of seven, and and. Um, I, I told Cole Steve Austin popped up and he's the ultimate 
wrestlers I can count on on you know my hands of they can win the crowd over do whatever they need to do and look good at it either as a baby face or as a heel which listeners if you don't know what that is that's a, a, a baby face is a good guy and a heel is a bad guy and right. and, and like for me the top some of the top that stand out is like uh, obviously my favorite of all time Jericho and then you know the Rock, Stone Cold, you know, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, those guys like that is what stand out is, you know, maybe you could throw Orton in there, you know, just they know right. exactly what they're doing. So that seeing that Stone Cold for the first time and you being like four or five, that, how big of a culture shock was that to you? Like how big, how big did it rattle your cage just to see that guy, you know, flipping the bird, drinking the beer, doing a stunner? Because I didn't live... I was I, I was born in '98, so I didn't live through that. Right. But I can go back and live that through the you know the WWE Network, the DVDs. Right. So when um, when I first seen Stone I was probably like uh, seven or eight. Like when I first seen him, I know he did the Hollywood Blonde and, and things like that. I'm <laughs> quite sure my uncle had all those kids. But when I first seen him, he was Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he, to be honest, he changed my whole entire life um, with the glass breaking, yeah. you know, <laughs> on everybody. You know, once the glass hit, everybody erupted. And I, I, as a kid, I changed the way I dressed. I asked my mom if I could get knee braces. She looked at me crazy. <laughs> like, I had the high shorts, so just picture, just picture a little chubby kid at the time, just blowing right. the shade of his head trying to grow a goatee in the fourth grade and doing stunners and getting referrals. Like, it was, yeah. me and my friends were wrestling all day. It was, it was, it was an absolute blast. He changed my whole entire life, man. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was everything. I still get excited. Left you so cold. at 30 years old. I, I can't, I can't lie to you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't want you to lie to me because I feel the same way. Like, I'm just a big wrestling nerd, and it's like when something happens, I will act three, I will act two, and then there are times where I will act my age of 22. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like recently, and you're going to – people are going to make fun of me for this. I don't care. But this is just to prove how much it, the business means to me. Do you watch AEW, Blake? I do. Okay, did you did you happen to watch the previous pay per view Revolution? I did. I, I know a few people that worked there, so I I, I watched the matches to support. But I, I I did I did watch the show. Okay, the 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 the, the pay per view was fine, but what what really got me going was obviously Jericho and 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 Moxley. Right. And I remember, you know, I was because I had a bad week that week, and my saving grace was. At least I could see Jericho kick some butt, tear Moxley up and down the ring. You, you know what I mean? I could see him just be the king of the ring and hold the championship title above his head and just know we're victorious. But once Jericho, once Moxley pinned Jericho and hit that three count, dude, I lost my effing mind. I was, I mean, I threw a glass, I broke a plate. It was one of those where it was just like, I don't get angry and I don't get upset. But I was just in the shower, and I was like, you know what? I've never said it before. I was like, f the f wrestling. I'm just, I'm just effing done with it. I can't do it anymore. It was, one of those it was just like, man. Yes. So wrestling brings out the child in all of us. So don't be ashamed. Isn't that the best? Isn't that honestly the best thing about it? Like <laughs> it still gets you like that. That's the best part. That is, That's yeah. So you mentioned you knew people in AEW. Do you know like wrestlers or people that? What do you mean by that? I don't want you to go too. I know wrestlers. I know the I know the Young Bucks. Um, I used to watch all their shows because they used to wrestle out here in the high desert. I'm in Victorville, 
California, and they used to have shows all the time. I used to watch their shows at the at the skating rinks, and then sometimes at some high schools they were able to rent out um, for a few hours. <laughs> so, and then I ended up years later once I became a wrestler, I ended up having a few tag matches with them. That's had some pretty cool tag matches, and I also know Scorpio Sky. Um, oh, okay. I talked to them, uh, especially about basketball talk. So. Yeah, I know, I know a couple of guys. They're, they're all doing great, man. I couldn't be happier for them. Let me let me ask you this. Obviously, if we're in the wrestling business or watch it or just deep dive, we 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 are all familiar with Jim Cornette. <laughs> yes. What What are your thoughts on Jim Cornette's? I guess old school, uh, mobility, motality, whatever you want to call it. What do you? What, because he's one of those people that remind me of like music. They're like, this is not rock music. This is not country. This is not you know whatever you want to call it. He's he's one of those guys that can't, in my opinion, take old school style and make it new style. Right. Does that make sense? Because I had Al Snow on, and he would he chewed me up and down because apparently there's no such thing as old school wrestling, which which I really. Right. Which I really disagreed with, but you know, you can have because you you know everybody has an opinion. You know, it's like an armpit. Well, you said Al Snow. Yeah, Al Snow. Al Snow, you know, to be honest, he's absolutely right. Um, there really isn't no such thing as old school wrestling because I actually learned that me and my tag partner at the time mm-hmm. learned that the hard way when I first started traveling and from SoCal. Being from SoCal, we do some of the flips and some of the craziest stuff and we had a show in Portland and the promoter gave us the tag match and I did a I believe I did a backflip just a basic standing standing little song on the guy and we got shooed out about that like that was a big deal to to, to certain people like like yeah. that used to be all those moves so it really just depends on who you're trained by and like what you what do you really like and I can understand from what Jim Quinn is saying, I can also understand what you're saying. Like, this is new, this is fresh. Um, so it really just goes on, it really just goes by like what you like. It's not really an old school or a new school. It's just, it's just how the times change. But there's also great wrestling. Right. Like, Cody Rhodes, that doesn't need to have 15 power bombs outside the ring. <laughs> right. And, uh, right. And kick out a two. He can still tell a story. Like, Randy Orton. Randy Orton's just so who's actually one of my favorites, like, right now. Yeah. You can just tell the story just by looking at the crowd, and you can tell my body language, how he methodically moves, how he... It's almost it's like you see what he's thinking, and he's honestly probably the best out there right now, so there's yeah. just different ways, and it really goes by who trained who. So you categorize yourself as the king of suplexes. Um, where did that come from? It came from my, and uh, me and my tag partner came up with it, actually. Um, I believe he came up, his name was Angel Stone. He's also one of the people that trained as well. Um, I'm not a tag team anymore. I'm doing my solo run. But, right. yeah, at the time, we were, yeah, we were the kings of suplexes. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And what made it really fun is he happens to be my best friend. So that makes it a lot easier uh, going up and down the road with him to Utah, Portland, and, Washington, Indiana, and all that great stuff. Um, we just thought of the name. He thought of the name. We thought of the tools of suplexes. And we were thinking of different suplexes, how we could do it and change it and mix it up in our matches. And, um, and a funny story, really quick. Uh, when we had a match with the Young Bucks, because, um, <laughs> well, he's known them because the Young Bucks trained him. And they knew me because I always just been a fan of their of their oh, company. Wow, at the time. wow, okay. <laughs> so so when they got to the show and they saw they were going against us, they were like Super Chase versus Suplexes. <laughs> and we were like, Yep. <laughs> and it was it was just it was great, man. We had a really we had a great time. We learned a lot from them. Um it was just it was amazing. It was honestly amazing. Yeah, they. I they, could, I could ask more. Yeah, no, no. Despite what everyone says about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega or whatever you want to say about them, 
They're great wrestlers. Doesn't matter if Kenny Omega wrestled a sex doll. I don't care about that. It's more because because it's to me it's not. I mean, it's about wrestling, but it's also about making the other person look good and entertaining the audience and being because you're what is called a sport entertainer. That's what you are. You're entertaining the crowd. As long as they can stay entertained, I don't see why people should have a problem with it. Right. But yeah, Kenny Omega, gosh, he's probably realistically probably the best wrestler in the world right now. And and like and again, me and my friend, me and my friend were talking about him, and he told us that like Kenny Omega can have a tag partner, and he can make it look like they've been tagging up for years. Yeah. So when you can do that, that means you are all kinds of special, man. Like especially knowing like he's just um, you know, Jay, Kenny Omega is. <laughs> and he can make us as good as a kid, man. Um, I'd love to, to meet him, actually. I just take his brain. He actually wrote me uh, a few years ago, I mean, like four or five years ago, and I saved the messages. I asked him um, a question about how, <laughs> what's the best way to deliver offense. And he wrote me about four or five paragraphs. Really cool guy. He didn't have to do that. Right. He didn't know who I was. He added me on Facebook, and he's. And he wrote it down. He just wrote down everything like four or five paragraphs, and I was just ecstatic. Now I was like, "Oh man, you know, like, it was awesome." I think this was like right after. It was like right when he joined the Bullet Club. So this is like when things are getting really hot for those guys. You know what I mean? So. Uh. Really cool. So, really cool what guy. was that? Did you ever have like a freak out moment? Like, uh, for example, I had private message Chris Jericho at one point and I, I don't know what I don't remember what it was a couple of years ago and he actually accepted my message and actually wrote back like like you said two or three paragraphs and it was one of those you know magical feelings like I think I'd asked him you know I want to be this and I want to be this but people keep telling me no how did you go through this and how did you break it down and say I can be a rock star wrestler and a podcaster at the same time. You know, I think it was going through that in my life, and he just wrote back three or four paragraphs saying, Oh, wow. You know, it just, man, you have to, you have to grind it out because those people telling you no, you're going to, you, you, you're, you're, you're the only one that's going to make yourself do it. You, you know, your, your, your mom's not going to there and have the courtesy and curiosity and determination right. to say, You need to go out there and you need to do it, son. It's going to be, right. it has to be yourself. And, and, and you are the biggest fan of yourself or you're the biggest Absolutely. hater of yourself. And it was just one of those things where I was just like, I'm going to take this and I'm going to die with this because this is exactly what I needed to hear at that point in time. So did you ever have right. one of those points or, or was it that Kenny Omega time where you were just like, man, I can't believe this is happening? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've had that time uh... I've been fortunate to have that a couple of times. Actually, one time, I wanted to up with Chris Jericho in Vegas. I talked to him for a few minutes and kind of picked his brain and just about a couple of days, but he was hanging out. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to mark out too hard on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked to him, but I, I got the chance to talk to, uh, to Jim Ross. Wow. Um, Jake the Snake um, in Vegas as well, um, because Jake used to have a promotion at the time. So, that is my crazy dog. Hold on. <laughs> well, that is my little dog. That no, we dog. have dogs here too. Mine was just acting up, and I was hoping it wasn't going to be too loud or start barking. <laughs> yeah. But we're all good here, dude. But yeah, Jake the Smoke, um, he was spammed. So, I mean, her friend got about like, we had like relief. Solid ten minutes with Jake. He was just, just giving us little things, little pointers here and there. We just we were favoring everything, man. It was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome to talk to Jake about that. So tell me about your YouTube channel, which is you, you which you react and you play games. Um, you have a currently right now at time of recording, we got one hundred and ninety eight subscribers. So. Tell me how this came about um, and how you started it. Because I think I think of what the research I've done, um, 
I know you're friends with one of my favorite YouTubers, Tyrone Magnus, which I wasn't going to bring up, but anyways, that's how it that's how it's working out. And I mentioned, right. and I heard him mention your name a couple times, and that made me intrigued to look you up. And that's, and I watched some of your oh, matches wow. because, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, um, I can remember the video. He was like, um, uh, he was escorting you to the ring, going to be your manager, something like something along those lines, and. Um, it intrigued me. I was like, this Blake Grayson guy, I wonder what he looks like. I wonder what his wrestling abilities is like. And it actually made me watch a couple of your matches and actually was like, wow, this guy's actually pretty legit. I want to get him on. So is that how your YouTube thing kind of started was through him? Um, Yeah, for, for the most part. I, to be honest, like a lot of my friends have been asking me, um, telling me that I should do a YouTube channel and because of my... <laughs> I guess my nerd IQ when it comes to like, like comic books and movies and things <laughs> like that and, and, and uh, just doing reaction videos and I was obsessed watching all the Magnus uh, reaction videos and he ended up, I ended up uh, writing them, ended up writing me back and I told him what I did, which is obviously professional wrestling, he's a huge wrestling fan right. and I haven't had the chance for him to meet me in um, New York for my first show um, out there and he we, we clicked, man. He's, he's literally like my East Coast best friend. I'm still still talk all the time. Um, but I didn't start the YouTube channel until I heard it from him. Because, like, I know a lot of people wanted me to do it, but then when he was like, dude, you should just do a YouTube channel. And he was like, I was like, you think? Like, yeah, it'll work. So, like, I was like, all right, you know. <laughs> so, like, I started from there. Like, once he, once he kind of gave me the... Uh, Because I can't remember. I think it was the Joker. You you, you reacted to Joker as the first one of the first ones that I watched. Is that right? Did you did right. you react to that Joker? was my very first YouTube video? Okay, okay then. I, I was on the early train of it, <laughs> and uh, uh, and I watched the Joker, and I was like, this guy knows probably just 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 from your react your, your reaction and your comments between the thing. It was like this guy probably knows more superhero stuff than I know, and it was. You know, because because I'm a big superhero nerd. I'm not really a comic book type of person. Never really read them through out childhood, but I watched them. You know, all, all the guys, all the boys. You know, when you grow up, you watch superheroes because you want to be one, and then right. <laughs> you, you usually just fade out of it. But um, uh, it just never happened for me. I never faded out of it. I always loved the superheroes, and always will. Yeah, it's something we can't help, man. It's just it's a curse. So are you a uh, are you a DC or fan or a Marvel fan? Which one are you? I'm, you know what? I'm more I'm more of a DC fan just with Batman and everything. But yeah. I do like, but I do like Marvel. I still like the uh, Captain Captain America. And I am the Avengers. I like I do like Marvel. I just I just relate more to DC more. Sure, sure. I think sure. with, with certain things, with uh, in my opinion, with certain with some of their movies. <laughs> so I just I just will. I'm just more of a DC guy, but I just love all the movies all together. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the DC movies as well, but just not as much as Marvel. I guess because I was, I'm such a huge Spider-Man fan that that was all right. I watched. You know, you, and it was just got okay. Spider-Man's in this. Well, then now that makes me Marvel. You know, but I want to get your opinion on this because me and my brother were having not really an argument, but a disagreement earlier today. Who, in your mind, Blake Grayson, do you think is the best Batman? For me, it's hands down original movie Michael Keaton. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> you know what? You're gonna probably you might laugh when I say this. Um, as of right now, uh-huh. I'm gonna give Robert Pattinson a shot. But as of right now, I'm gonna go with Ben Affleck. Okay. No, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And then a lot of people are kind of thrown off. Like, like this Affleck flop. For some reason, a lot of people didn't like him, but like, people don't understand that this this that Batman is tall in the comics. Okay, he's muscular in the comics. Ben Affleck is six four, two thirty. Right. Like he has the height, right. the chin. Right. 
stops. Like, I was just like, I was like, this dude, the thing, like, it's just... here's the thing about when people say Ben Affleck flopped as Batman. Okay, you could get a nerdy teenage white guy to play Batman. As long as the story is good, the villain is good, the action is good, I don't really care who's playing Batman. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Like, people say he flopped. No, it was just Batman versus Superman. It was boring, in my opinion. The, the the story could have been better. Same thing with Justice League. It wasn't, I mean, it was his choice to play it, but it wasn't his choice to pick what script they're going after. Right. I actually, I actually loved BVS, and I actually liked the extended cut, just because there was a lot of, a lot of parts from the, from the Dark Knight. Right. <laughs> from the actual Dark Knight movie. I mean, to be honest, it was just Batman Superman being on screen for the first time. Sure. Uh, that's honestly, it gets no bigger than that. So, like, oh, my gosh. The theater, the theater we went to was actually, like, the WWE crowd. Because, like, when Batman Superman finally fought, or it was for anybody that, for some reason, I've seen the movie. <laughs> the crowd was cheering. Half the crowd was cheering when Batman was giving them, I'll just say Batman was giving them some beat. Right, 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 right. When Superman was coming back, the other side of the crowd, like, it was just like, it was divided, it was really crazy. (laughs) So that was a fun experience. I wish I would have recorded that. I never, I never dealt with that, so that was really cool, man, when that happened. So, when you go watch a movie, because here it's not really because we're just down south Mississippi people, but when you go, and, and I hear Tyrone talk about it a lot, that there are theaters where people just scream the entire movie from excitement. D- is that how it is down there with you? Or have you ever experienced oh, a movie? Oh, yeah, like yeah. Like, we'll go to this, yeah, we'll go to this theater out, like, 45 minutes away from our house, Ontario, California, and that theater is um, at the Ontario Mills Theater, whatever, and it's, it's everybody's dressed up, like, people get rowdy, like, for Avengers Endgame, me yeah. and my theater friends, my travel buddies, we all had the Avengers jackets, the, the time travel jackets. Right, right, right. I've seen them online, and I was like, hey, we got to wear these. Everybody <laughs> bought them, like, around the same day. And, like, we were getting compliments, and we felt like, you know, like hot sure. stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they go there, like, they're like, keep in mind, we're all in our 30s. We're all grown-ass men here. You know? <laughs> like, like, but, like, it was just the excitement for the movie. Sure. It was just, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. That is one wish I, I want to do is to see a movie and just be able to scream and be excited at the same time with everyone else because it's, it's boring if you're doing it by yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. <sighs> but going back to wrestling, you gotta go with my friends. You gotta go. With got you have to. You have to. Going back to wrestling, dude. As we wind down here, last couple of questions here. Um, Give me one. I'm going to make it hard on you, Blake. One favorite wrestler that if you had to watch for the rest of your life, that would be the person you'd pick. Does it it have to be by a certain company or just... No, just in general. Just in general. Oh, that is a question I've never received from. One one wrestler I got to watch for the rest of my life. Now, now it's a tricky question because you could think, because I think, well, are you thinking technical, physical, best, you know, best finisher, best submission move? You know, you can look at it from all angles. But for me, I would have to go with the GOAT, Chris Jericho. I know that sounds like a cop-out answer because he's my favorite of all time, but it has to be Jericho because I can watch a match and I will never grow tired of it. Um. I'm trying to think. I'm not, I'm not trying to slow down this interview. I'm just really trying to think here. Yeah. That is, that is an extremely tough question. Million dollars is on the line, dude. Yeah. You give the wrong oh. answer. You, 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 you get zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with, for the rest of my life, I'm going to go with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. I did because not think you would go there. I would think you would go Macho Man. In my opinion, because it was your first. Yeah. But no, Kenny Omega is a great choice because 
jazz hands, does different things. You, you don't know what to expect from him, I guess you could say. Exactly. It's always different. Right. You never get the same match with Kenny. So, I, I, I would have to pick Kenny Omega. All right. Another tough one for you. This is... Um... <laughs> One favorite wrestling match from any job, from any business that you'd have to watch for the rest of your life. Which, which I guess, I guess that's a cliche, cliche question because you're like, I don't want to watch just one match. But if there could be just one match, what would you watch? One match I can watch for the rest of my life. For the rest of your life, you can't watch. Let's say you go, you, let's say you go pick up a DVD, and the only match on the DVD, the rest are blank, but the only one on the DVD is that one, the one you pick. So if I'm going to answer that question, I'm going to think about the main match that represents what professional wrestling is all about, in my opinion. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. I can't just be like something with Stone Cold or Randy Orton or Kenny Omega. So if I had to pick a match I could watch for the rest of my life, it would have to be anything with the Shockmaster. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, match <laughs> <laughs> um, my life, I would go with ooh, uh, ooh, you know what? This is gonna be a random one. Nobody's gonna nobody watch. I'm still random. I'm gonna go with SummerSlam. Uh-huh. 2009. Okay. And I'm going to get shit for this, probably. Because it's probably the first match, and there's so many matches, but this is the first one that popped in my head. Mm-hmm. It's between Randy Orton and John Cena. I'm crazy saying that. But John Cena is a great worker. He, he does what he's right. supposed to do, so I'm not, not knocking But the way that match was broke down, and the psychology Randy did right. in that particular match, <laughs> on how he tried everything in his power to get disqualified to keep the belt is phenomenal. Gosh, I said phenomenal. Now I'm thinking all the AJ Styles matches. That's so hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's probably, that's definitely probably one of them. Anything with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, I mean, Jericho and Clint Bush Benoit, like, fully totally loaded, 2000, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the Rumble yeah. 2001, the ladder match between Jericho and yep. Benoit, I mean, there's... What about there's that ladder match there. with uh, Jericho and Michaels for the world title, back in Backlash? Is, is that the one, with the story mode, where, where the story where he punched uh, yep. Stark yep. White? Yep, and he, uh... And that's what Jericho shook with suit, right? Yeah. I don't agree, man. That's what I'm saying. Like it's. I know it's it's a, it's a loaded question. That's so hard, man. Like I think I think if I had to pick one, it would it would be it would be between these two. It'd be between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania twenty six, twenty seven, whichever whichever one Shawn Michaels had to retire in. I don't remember which one. WrestleMania twenty six. Twenty six. Or it would be Triple H versus Batista in a Hell in a Cell back in Vengeance of 06. Mm, I thought Batista beat him at WrestleMania in 2005, right? Yeah, yeah, because Batista had never, uh, or Triple H had never beat Batista before. Yeah, he was obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. Oh, man, that's actually an interesting one. Um, oh my gosh, I feel, I feel bad for not even mentioning the, the Shawn Michaels versus Iron Man. I know, we're going to get off here and we're going to be like, we're going to get off here and we're going to be like, oh my God, I feel bad I didn't pick this one because this is my absolute favorite. Right. <laughs> well, Blake, appreciate this hour, man. Go ahead and give out, um, any kind of, um, social media, any kind of plugs you want to get out. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, if you guys have the time, I'd love you guys to check out my stuff. My YouTube channel is Blake Grayson, G-R-A-Y-S-O-N. My Instagram name is B. Grayson. 
G-R-A-Y-S-O-N of Big Talk, which is simply Blake Grayson. And follow my YouTube channel. That's all this guy I'm talking to right now. Follow Mr. Hodge himself, man. The guy's awesome, man. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, man, appreciate all that information that Blake just gave you will um, be in the description box of the podcast below. Blake, I thank you very much for doing this for me, dude. Thank you. Love to do it again. All right. Blake. Thank you for joining me um, on this week's episode. Come back next Monday, and you will hear another movie review. You will also hear a new podcast like you do every Monday. And next week is up-and-comer John King. He's a great musician, great guitar player. We we shoot it up about music, but we also have a something I don't really know a lot about, but we have a open chat about NASCAR, which is really interesting. I knew a lot more than I thought I knew, but you're going to hear John on next Monday's podcast here, wherever you get your podcast on the HodgePodge podcast. That's going to do it for me. In time and in between time, like I always say, enjoy and frown less. The first spaceship didn't go to space, so don't fail. Don't give up. Don't forget. That's all I got. Catch you guys on the flip side. See you later. <laughs>